0: You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. In an interesting gospel reading from the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is out on the boat with his disciples, and they forgot to bring bread. So they're all supposed to be out there, I guess, eating on a boat. I don't know why. But look, just go with it. So they forgot to bring the bread. So Jesus, you know, knows their thoughts, knows that they're guilty, saying, shoot, we forgot to bring the bread. And he says to them, beware the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. And they go, oh, man, he knows we forgot the bread. And they're talking amongst themselves like, what are we going to do? He's he's bringing up the yeast because he knows we screwed up. And he says to them, what are you guys what are you guys talking about? He says, you you don't have eyes or you don't see? pay attention to what's going on here. How many extra loaves were there, baskets of bread, when I broke uh, five loaves for 5,000 people? And they said, 12? Yeah, there were 12 extra baskets. He said, and how many extra uh, baskets did you take up when I broke uh, seven loaves for 4,000 people? And he said, I think there were seven. Yeah, there were seven. He said, and still you don't get it. And um, it's a neat passage. And that's the end of it. That's all. It doesn't go further and explain it because the bottom line is that Jesus is, you know, they're talking about bread and, you know, concrete, tangible bread to eat. And he's telling them, you want to talk about bread, you better beware the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. The people in charge, and because the yeast is what makes the dough rise and the bread swell, and uh, turns dough into bread, right? So um, when you bake it, um, <clears throat> so the yeast is causing the growth and the swelling, and the expansion and uh, of the bread. He's saying, beware the yeast of the people in charge, and what they can cause to swell and grow in people. <clears throat> And uh, that's that should be your concern uh, more so than just, you know, having bread to eat. That's what he's telling them. You, you know, it's one thing to worry about bread to eat, but also worry about the real the real damaging yeast out there. And they're not getting the message. And so it's a cute little way, once again, how Jesus talked in metaphors, how Jesus talked in uh, parables, you know that wasn't a parable, but you get my drift. He's talking, like kind of like a deep-thinking poet, a meditator, dude, and they're just kind of lost in day-to-day shit, you know. And he's kind of miffed at it, like, dudes, we, do you not get my drift yet? I mean, how, how, you know, how dense do you, are you guys? I mean, <laughs> follow along here, okay? There's a lot more at stake than just, you know. Eaten out on a boat. We're, we've got uh, bigger fish to fry, to make a food metaphor. And it reminded me when I when I read that about the current political state. I'm sorry to go back to the subject matter, but I'll be brief. And it's, I think it's something that needs to be said. You know, I look at the Twitter environment uh, and I look at my fellow brethren in the Democratic faith. <laughs> the god of Democrat, amen. And no, I look at my fellow, you know, Democrats, and I see the way they're behaving uh, on the majority. And uh, they seem to be, they can't stop talking about Trump. I mean, I understand that it was just this weekend when the trial ended. And uh, it's unusual to have the Senate active on a weekend and voting and all that. It was kind of a big deal. So you, you could talk about that a little bit, but Let's wrap this talk up. And I know, look, I know the other way of thinking is the, the Trumpers and their, you know, belief in the corruption of the election, et cetera, and all of their the the lies that they believe in. They're still there, and you've got the um, state legislatures even reaching out to censor uh, the senators who voted uh, to convict Trump. Like here in Pennsylvania, the, our state legislature, which is run by the Republicans, is trying to censor Senator Toomey, Pat Toomey, who voted to convict. And it's happening in really every state where the seven Republican senators exist, um, where the uh, legislatures are controlled by Republicans. Um, they're, they're in locks, lockstep with uh, the Trump regime. It truly is a cult, and, and they're all behind it still. And he could literally do anything. He incited a riot that came in, people were killed, and they don't care. That's just reality. Uh, And they are just about, hey, he's our guy, he's our guy. The Democrats are bad, we hate them, we hate the Democrats. We will support our guy to the end, we're not gonna morally judge him, he can do no wrong, there are no laws that we're going to invoke, Laws don't exist for him because we have to win. We have to beat the bad guy, period. Um you know the phrase, when I was a child, I played with toys, I did this. Now that I'm a man, I put away it's time to put away childish things. Uh, well, these Republicans, <clears throat> which is a vast majority of them, by the way, 70% or more, um, they've put away childish things like laws, the Constitution, right versus wrong. Those are childish things that they've put away in order to fight the battle against the evil satanic Democrats, the battle for the country where they want to take it over and make it uh, all white again and all male again and all women know their place. They have all the old-fashioned ideas from uh, before uh, social change occurred in, the last, in my lifetime. Uh, as I said, social change in my lifetime, things have been very progressive in America, and I, I kind of get frustrated by the democrats uh, it's never good enough uh they can't understand that a big huge gigantic part of this backlash uh, from such a gigantic segment of our country is because nothing's good enough uh, for the minorities for the women for everything we've had a lot of change and it's they, they they need to just go with the flow here and realize things are good. It's gonna get better. We'll just keep fighting for this. There needs to be more, but, but don't don't whine and complain all the time. I mean, you've got it pretty good. I mean, in, in my lifetime, you know, let's say the last sixty years, basically a little less, but it's been a tremendously progressive country. Um, things are changing by leaps and bounds every day. I mean, every year, except Trump, set it back a little bit, but. Have faith, have faith, have a little faith. But of course, then you realize most Democrats are a large portion of, I won't say most, but a large portion of the Democrats are atheists. A large portion of the uh, the liberals and the pro-science people, unfortunately, don't have any, not only are they atheists, atheists, they mock faith. They They have no respect or regard for it. So to tell them to have faith in the process, they don't believe in that. They believe everything is about fighting and nothing will happen unless you make it happen and all that, which is true to an extent. But I mean, also, you know, have faith in your fellow man that we are making it happen. Have faith that we're on, this is okay. It's going to be okay. And I think that's the problem. And I think that now those same um, atheists, uh, Democrats who are, Weaker in the faith, and some that are strong in faith. Uh, uh, just Democrats in general, too many of them, are not having faith in the fact that uh, Joe Biden's the president now, and the Democrats still control the House, and at least for two years, have a tie in the Senate that the Vice President Kamala Harris can break. Um, Yes, we have the issue of the filibuster existing, yet, but we could do away with it. I think we should, but um they don't want to rock the boat too much some some others uh Joe Manchin Democrat of West virginia senator um has said openly he 's not he would vote against um, tossing out the filibuster, so that breaks the tie right there. You can't have one Democrat go against anything to take a vote uh, like that with a tie in the Senate so um But you have Democrats now wanting to fight all the time over the past. They're talking a lot about uh, the Capitol siege and now an investigation of it and indictments and should there be an indictment of Trump and so on. Um, They're not going to let it go. And again, I recognize the fact that these things happened. There has to be accountability to some degree Um, but I, I'm more inclined to believe in the future of America. What got me through four years of Trump was believing that the next election we had, he would not win and he didn't. I feared uh, he would behave the way he did after the election, but I had faith that our country would persevere and we would get through it. We did with one major incident. Um, the incident could have been worse. I think if you placed your faith in America, the Capitol incident, as disgraceful and deadly as it was, could have been way worse. And at the end of the day, America came through, really, with shining colors. When you talk about a president with that much support, uh, garnering that many millions of votes, completely denying the legitimacy of the election for months after the election, and having rallies, etc., And spending every second of his time during a deadly pandemic simply tweeting and speaking about the fact that uh, there was fraud and he was screwed out of a valid election. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the reaction of the people overall was encouraging. (laughs) Because certainly there was room for lots more destruction and death and upheaval and uh, they wanted a revolution, those people of the day of the Capitol. They saw that as their revolution. It was, a lean, it was a lame, weak revolution. And that was the time that you would have to worry about these people. That was their moment. When they had their man, he was there for four years. He lost. They were told it was a lie. They believed that it was a lie, or at least they wanted to believe it. Okay, make your move. Or as Clint Eastwood would say, you know, do you feel lucky, punks? And the punks made their move, and it was lame, and they lost. And Eastwood went and blew them away. (laughs) And that's the end of the movie. And yeah, they're still there, and they're still lingering, but guess what? There's still punks out there, too. There's still thugs uh, breaking into liquor stores, and there's still rapists and murderers, and we're going to have more serial killers and more shootings. All that stuff's still out there, and guess what? by the way. You and I are going to (laughs) die. That's still true, too. And the two leading causes of death, despite the pandemic, despite the coronavirus, remain heart disease and cancer. So that's true, too. Um, But that doesn't mean you or I need to spend every single day worrying about heart disease or cancer or worrying about COVID-19. I mean, we have to go on with our lives. And the very act of existing is a is an act of faith when you think about it a baby can't uh go to the sink and get a glass of water and make themselves a sandwich <laughs> or even go to the sink and get themselves a glass of formula or breast milk uh <laughs> a baby has to rely on others to live uh that's a lot of faith <laughs> that takes a lot of faith to To believe that your mom is going to feed you and your mom and dad and your family is going to, you know, change your diaper and keep you warm at night. And somehow they get to one and two and they make it with the help of people. And they don't even know it, really. They don't even realize how dependent they are. And it's really true of all of us to this day as adults. We don't really realize how dependent we are on one another. And so much of our existence is dependent upon us just relying with faith on everything working. When we turn on our sinks, the water will work. Electricity will go on. I mean, if your power ever has gone out recently, you know. In the middle of winter, when it's cold, you need electricity to run that heater. Your place can get cold awful fast. If the power stays out for any length of time. So again, without really thinking about it, every day in the middle of winter, we might have a roof over our heads, but it's not worth a whole hell of a lot if it turns into a refrigerator or icebox. I mean, it's still a little better than being outside, I guess, but the point is we rely on that electricity. We rely on that heater working. Every day of our existence, we are held up, and we are able to persevere because of the assistance of other people. Um, And their jobs and things they do. And what are those other people doing? They're going on. They're doing their jobs. They're moving forward. If they wanted to uh, stop the power plant in protest because Trump lost the election and everybody at the power plant happened to be Trump supporters, they couldn't have done that. But, you know, Trump supporters didn't walk out in protest of all their jobs. Their Trump supporters are everywhere. We have a ton of them here in my state, my Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. But they kept functioning. I mean, I, I think we we have to be aware of the dangers and the warnings and the things that happened because of Trump. But I think there's a difference between being aware of that and um, taking note uh, versus uh, obsessing on it and never letting it go and allowing the focus to remain on that to the detriment of moving forward and progressing. I mean, we have a really wonderful opportunity here as Democrats, as people who fought for the goodness of the constitution and the country to get back to normal, to get rid of this awful man and his awful ideas and his lies. And, um, We did it, we got rid of him. The majority of the country saw the truth. The majority of the country still saw the truth even in convicting him. Uh, 57 is a good number in the Senate. It's a very good number for impeachment. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough, they needed 67. Uh, But clearly the majority of Americans, uh, a bipartisan group in America, the majority by millions see the truth and understand Trump was bad for America and he had to go and he shouldn't come back. And he won't win again. He won't. Uh, Just because the Senate couldn't officially bar him from running again, he won't win again. He didn't win this time. He didn't win either time, (laughs) the majority vote. Uh, But, you know, let's not be afraid of the boogeyman, okay? We beat the boogeyman. He got in on a fluke. He has a lot of supporters because... Yeah, we got a lot of hate in this country. We got a lot of hate in the world. We got a lot of people who hate each other. But at the end of the day, look up, look. They had their chance to really hate. They had their chance to act with hatred, and they really didn't do it. And the group that did go up to the Capitol and tried to go crazy with their hate, you know, they didn't get much done, and they failed. And really, that was a minuscule amount of people in the big picture. And uh, let's let's realize that uh, America won. Let's realize America is still the greatest country in the world because they actually had a tremendous constitutional crisis. We've had a tremendous clashing of ideas and beliefs uh, and peoples since it's the greatest since the Civil War by easily. And just like in the Civil War, the right side prevailed. Um, The side that is American prevailed, the side that is into unity of the whole. That's in the diversity that is into the betterment of everyone that is into equality of all citizens. That's a side that prevailed the North in the civil war. And that's the side that's prevailed now that has prevailed now. Why don't we just be happy for a minute here, take a breath and go forward, taking advantage of the majority that we have in Congress and the president we have in the white house, and try to uh, affect some change here that's going to get the country back on track and erase some of the ugliness uh, that Trump's administration brought to this country and to the world. And along those lines, why don't we stop mentioning his name? What happened to the philosophy that I thought was accurate back uh, five years ago when the campaigning started in 2016 and, you know, as Trump started to pull ahead in the Republican primaries and certainly in the presidential election in 2016, you had some very intelligent people saying, why do they keep putting him on TV? Why did the networks keep showing this crap? It's only building up his following. It's creating this, Interest in him and they're doing it because they know it's good for ratings. They know he's causing a stir and it's newsworthy and they want people uh, to watch their channels and click on their sites and so on. Trump was clickbait, as they say. But they knew uh, the people wiser than that knew then, hey, if you just step back and actually covered important news, that affected people's lives, issue-related news and actual events, and left this sensationalistic jerk alone. You'd really be doing a better service for the American people, but they couldn't help themselves, and they're doing it again. And I'm talking about the left. I'm talking about uh, channels like MSNBC. I'm talking about, uh, you know, on Twitter, the the the, the a lot of the the big shots in the media who were openly left-leaning and people that are uh, players in the Democratic Party, they're going on and on about Trump still. I mean, it's like they're addicted and they can't let it go. They're Trump junkies. They have a, they have a, a Joan, they're Jones in for Trump. Remember that song back in the seventies, basketball Jones? Cause when you got a Jones for something, it's like a heroin addiction. Remember the false head single? Basketball Jones, I got a Basketball Jones, I got a Basketball Jones, oh baby, ooh. Then I think someone narrated over top of it while that continued on. I got a Basketball Jones, baby, Basketball Jones, I can't help myself, I got this Basketball Jones so bad, I just want to play basketball all the time, something like that. It was a funny song. Look it up, find it. It's it's there, man. It's there. I didn't make this. I didn't make this shit up. Shit, this happened, man. Anyway, we they got they got a Trump Jones. They're Trump Jonesing. They got a Trump Jones. Oh baby, Ooh. they got to stop this stuff because we got to move forward. We have got good things to do, and there's reason to be happy. And look, I understand the concept of post-traumatic stress disorder. I understand it well. Um, I have some myself related to other issues in my life. But we we, we really shouldn't have PTSD over Trump. I mean, I think it, it was certainly shocking and traumatic to see someone in such a position of power lie all the time and say shocking things and refuse to accept reality and be mentally ill in public and have all kinds of people go, that's right, we love him so much. We just are adoring of his mental illness every time he shows an extreme symptom of obvious mental illness. We can't wait to sing praises of it. I mean, it's scary. It's scary. There's no question about it. It was, it was a shared psychosis. I mean, it was by, by definition. I mean, it's it, that is a psychological phenomenon, and not enough people want to admit it or talk about it because it seems like, you know, you're you're slandering people, calling them crazy, calling them not So, but that's not what you're doing. You're literally just using a, a a type of science that we've created that talks about mental functioning of people, and you're looking at Trump, and you know, ten out of ten psychiatrists and psychologists. Can look at Trump and say he has a narcissistic personality disorder, and that the followers of him are engaging in uh, a version of shared psychosis, which, especially when it came to the lie about the election, um, where, you know, it becomes something a bunch of people believe because they are so invested in somebody who's mentally ill that they adopt that person's. Psychosis, a belief in something that is not real, a seeing something that is not real, a hallucination or a belief that is a fallacy, you know, and so Trump had a number of those beliefs, and one of them was about the election, and it became this shared thing and that people in a cult like cult like way supported because they themselves were touched by this mental illness, they became a part of it because of their loyalty and support. They became so and it happens with men who have illness, who are abusive in relationships with women and the women become a part of this shared psychosis and men towards women too are mentally ill, by the way. Let's not let's not act like it's just men are so evil and dominant. In all relationships, you could have one of the two people uh, have uh, this sort of neurotic, psychotic uh, illness of some kind, whether borderline personality disorder, which a lot of women have, and a man... Uh, sort of gets lost in it and feeds it, and almost in a codependent way, uh, because of the bond and the love and the relationship. So that's what we had going on here with Trump supporters with Trump. So saying that and acknowledging that he was crazy is not an insult. It's just the reality of the situation here. We had a a, a diagnosed, uh, diagnosably crazy man as president, and we had millions of people buying in to his. Uh, unwell state of mind and to the point where they still believe in it some of them but you can break them of it and it will fade over time Um, there does have to be punishment of these types of people they do have to pay for their their crimes and such and that helps to break the shared psychosis but leave that to the law enforcement for the rest of us that are into the politics Politics is about passing of laws and moving forward and getting things done. And you can't do that without a positive attitude. You really can't get things done uh, out of spite or with a negative view. And more importantly, if we said in 2016, take Trump off the TV, stop showing him, well, it's doubly true today. He's not the president anymore. I don't want to hear his name. You know, when I turn on the television, I don't want to hear about him anymore. Unless and until he's on literally on trial and he's a defendant in a criminal trial, well, you could see a report on that every once in a while on the status of the Trump trial, like the OJ case. Okay, we can talk about it then. When like OJ, he's his freedom and liberty is literally on the line in the middle of a trial. But until then, I don't even care when he's indicted because that doesn't mean anything. I don't even care if he is or isn't indicted. I don't. It's not my responsibility. We've got people in those jobs to take care of this now. I did my job. I got him out of office. I voted. We did our job as American citizens. We saved the country, especially here in Pennsylvania, especially here in my county, Allegheny County. I mean, he lost. He lost big. We came out and voted for Biden in such strong numbers in Allegheny County that we overcame a huge Trump following here in Allegheny County. and But we gave so many more votes to Biden in our county that we were the second biggest county in the state and a big part of the reason why Biden won the state. Obviously, Philadelphia County is number one, but we knew they were always going to go strong for Biden. We have a lot of Trump people here. We stood up against them in Allegheny County and we voted the hell out of Joe Biden. We voted our asses off for him and um, gave him a huge surge of votes that helped him win the state of Pennsylvania, which was a big part of why he's president, Joe Biden's president. So we should be proud of ourselves. We should be happy. We should be living with a great deal of joy and happiness that we got rid of a very dangerous man. Man. We got him out of office and no, the senators didn't do their job overall because too many of them are Republican and they're Republicans as a party right now. They didn't do their job overall when Trump was president and they're not doing their job after he's president. They are holding firm to their belief in this man, you know, right and versus wrong be damned. The constitution be damned, laws be damned, and frankly, American citizens be damned even though it's the American citizens that they're, that believe in this crazy shit, which is why they're supporting Trump still. But the American citizens don't know what's good for them, a lot of these people. They don't understand how many, many, many of Trump's uh, uh, agenda items did not serve them well. They don't understand how, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is if you bank on someone because of your hatred, if you support someone because you think, that he is supporting your gender or your race and that's enough for you you're not very educated in how you select uh, who you vote for because you know when they turn around and create laws that fuck you how is that supporting you um it's a little bit deeper than just, hey, they hate the same people I hate. I'm on their team where we wear the same colors. Go team, go. It's a little more complex than that. You you really need to hold them accountable for the actual pieces of legislation that they pass. And that's why Trump lost the second time. A lot of the people that voted for him, uh, that had voted for Biden, realized that he did not achieve results for them like uh, he promised, like they thought he might, um, and they swung back to Biden. Um, or they just stayed away altogether because they got disillusioned from the process. They maybe came out to vote for Trump thinking there's a guy who's outside the establishment, he can make a difference. They saw that he didn't, and they didn't vote. Although that was not the problem in this election. We certainly had enough votes. People voted. People voted. People voted. For both sides, people voted a lot. voted the shit out of the election because they could do so via ballot. That helped a lot too. And I think it's better for our democracy to vote by mail. I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it enables more people to to have a voice. The Republicans don't want it for that very reason because if Americans have a voice, they're not going to win and they're terrified of that reality. They realize that the majority of the country now leans to the left, and always will, for the rest of time. And the right-leaning people are only going to diminish in number uh, as as uh, my, more minorities come here and make children and and they grow into a voting age. So they're terrified of the majority of people. They're terrified of the will of the people because it's going to rub them out. But look, this is this is America. That's the country you're in. If you don't like it, move somewhere else. I'm sorry, but... We're evolving. It's not exact, exactly serving my interests either. I mean, I'm white, I'm male. The evolution of our country is not exactly um, uh, changing in a way that will, you know, seems to benefit me or my three sons, who are also white, also male. Uh, so, <laughs> but we can get some changes in there that will help everybody. We can get some changes in there that will help my sons. Uh, we can. We just have to accept the reality of of our country and let it evolve, and um, fight for what we believe in in the political realm, not in a violent realm. Uh, and 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 if it's changing in a way we don't like, try to you know force political change without making it crooked. And let's not call it all fake and call it lies. Let's just do better. Do better and make it make changes happen that we want. Um, And I would say that to Republicans who still believe in a Trump ideology, whatever they think that might be. Although, really, it's just believing in the man. Are we kidding? But I would say, well, do better. Fight harder. Get it done. Try harder. Don't be a quitter. None of this revolution crap. None of this violence crap. None of this hatred crap. You know, we can all get along. We proved that. Look, that's my point. I'll end this podcast Just making the point that it got as ugly as it could get, and it wasn't that bad. And we survived it. And here we are. And America's standing tall and democracy won. And uh, the majority of the people spoke. They held firm through an onslaught of lies post-election. And the election stood firm. And the process stood firm. And we're still here. And did it weaken it? You could be last half empty type of person and say that what we saw weakened the country forever and will never be the same and all this crap. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think what happened is it strengthened the country because we got to a breaking point and and the democracy and our systems and the people held firm and we survived. And I think we'll be stronger for it. What about the phrase whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. People say it all the time. But they don't want to say it now about their very country. Let go of the cynicism and whininess and fear. Move forward holding on to the belief in America. We won. Things are good. Be positive, And drop the name Trump from your mouth. I want to hear that. I'll slap that upside your head. You talk that name. Don't, don't you put that name on your tongue. And so on. He who shall not be named. That's how we'll refer to him from now on. He who shall no longer be named. And from here we move forward with a positive attitude to forge a new America, a better America, a greater America for all of our children. God bless America. God bless the United States. And God bless America. And God bless God. (laughs) I love you. Yabba da boop